everyone. Welcome back to See the Sunrise. This is season three and episode 17. Seeing the sunrise is about seeing Christ in everyday situations. We find in the book of Jeremiah, chapter 33 and verse 3, where the Lord speaks to the prophet while he was in prison. He said to him, call to me and I will answer you and tell you great and unsearchable things you do not know. Seeing the sunrise is an opportunity. It's an opportunity to see Christ and to see that he is living and working in the lives of everyday people like you and me. From the pulpit to the pew, we all have challenges and experiences that bring us closer to a need for Christ in our lives. Today, I wanna to talk to you about things being too good to be true. One of the reasons for this podcast is, I think it's really important for us to understand everyone goes through something, but we have a God who's able to get us through anything. And I'm praying that these podcasts gives a imagery or a picture of what it looks like or what it could look like and how God can come in, deliver, and bring you to a whole new ending. Christ is alive and he's alive in our lives. I've been away for a week or two, but I'm back and I'm excited about sharing some of the things that God has shown me in these past couple of weeks. This week, I want to talk from the book of Luke. And it's found in the 24th chapter. I'm going to read a few verses for you. I'm not going to bore you with scripture, but keep in mind, in scripture, there's power, there's deliverance, there's healing, there's provision. So you always want to have the scripture at hand and understand what it's saying to you and what it means. Um, again, from the book of Luke chapter 24, beginning of 30, verse 36. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, peace be with you. And they were startled and frightened, thinking they had saw a ghost. He said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe because of joy and amazement, he asked them, do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish and he took it and ate it in their presence. And he said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me and the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them that it, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day and repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I'm going to send you what my father has promised, but stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. You know, some things are too good to be true. You hear of the uh, message of Jesus when he, after his crucifixion, showed himself to his disciples, and they find it very difficult to believe. There are a lot of things that are too difficult to believe. I don't have to tell you how high gas prices are, but the other day, my husband was telling me one of the pumps um, in one of the local stores was malfunctioning at, and that the price for the premium gas was the same as regular. Now, and nowadays, you have to save a few dollars wherever you can, and he was right. The pumps hadn't been fixed, and that was the next day, actually. That morning I got up, I rushed to the gas station, I made sure and filled up to the brim. <laughs> <laughs> my gas tank because, you know, if I can save a dollar here, hey, we're going to do that. They, some things are good, just too good to be true. 
How about someone knocks on your door and they say, you've just won $1 million from the publisher's clearinghouse. Probably like most people, you dismiss it because you've determined no one ever wins. So why should you believe it? And bear in mind, also, you never registered to win. So then why would you think that you would? Too good to be true. Your long lost uncle died and he left you a half million dollar inheritance. There are so many things that can be dismissed as being too good to be true. A bad diagnosis, and yet when you return to the doctor months later, you find the doctor indicates what he saw or what she saw was no longer there. Maybe someone tells you you won the lottery, but until you turn in that ticket and have that money in your hands, you think that's too good to be true. Things that are perceived as too good to be true is because they're inexplicable. They make no sense. There's no logical explanation for what happened. I personally have experienced some miraculous things in my walk with the Lord, and sometimes I'm reluctant to share them, or when I do share them, I feel like I'm trying to convince people of my experience with God. And what I've learned is that you can't convince people of what you've seen or experienced. If they do not have a confident belief in the power of God, they're never going to believe you. And even if they do have a confident belief in God, some things just seem hard to believe. It's distressing because you know, you, you want people to know how unbelievable yet believable God is, and no other power could do what God does. Many people think that if something is too good to be realized or realistic, it probably is. And so why do we choose not to believe when receiving such news, especially when it actually may be true? Is it because we don't want to be disappointed or have we been preconditioned to believe that some things are impossible? Do you know why people have difficulty believing the Bible, believing in God, believing in Jesus Christ or about the Holy Spirit? It's because what God has done sounds and seems impossible, implausible, uh, unreasonable. It, you're going to have to convince them. <laughs> Who can do things that God does? I mean, if he did it like everyday people, then we would relegate him to being like us. But God is not a man. God is a spirit. Evidence shows that he has done and will continue to do the impossible. It is a great doctor or physician who says, I've done what I can, but there is a power higher than myself. When have you heard stories where inexplicable healings or deliverance or things that have happened defy explanation? You know, often we think of what you see is what you get. And when I think about that, I think about the children of Israel. They were reluctant to move forward to receive what God had for them because of unbelief. They didn't think it was possible. They had experienced deliverance, but as they continued, the Israelites continued to move forward out of captivity, they kept walking in defeat. God wanted them to see victory. He wanted to, them to see that what they struggled for, what they prayed for for over 400 years was about to come to pass. And they were having a difficult time believing it. It was their, but God, you know, maybe you can't do this, but this or but that. It was their buts, B-U-T-S, <laughs> that literally and figuratively kept getting in the way of their, of the miraculous plan of God. They lacked faith. They lacked the strength and the trust in God who had already shown them his power. He'd shown it to them time and time again. You heard of the wandering in the wilderness but they couldn't see it. That's why they ended up there 40 years. Because they couldn't believe, because they lacked faith, they ended up in the wilderness. While some things might be hard to comprehend, 
some things are worth comprehending. They were walking and seeing the limitations instead of seeing the power of God. Looking at anything that God has for you with human eyes is a recipe for defeat and despair because often the things that God tell us defy imagination. Think of Gideon when he was on the threshing floor and God was sending him into battle and Gideon's like, who, me? <laughs> I'm up here hiding out and you sitting here telling me you want me to go and do this. Do you realize I'm from the smallest tribe? Yeah, God knew. To, you know, when, when you look at all of the things that God has done, we think about it and we say, okay, give me the strength, Lord. Sometimes you have to pray to get that God gives you the strength to believe what he said. When it, it's interesting in this uh, book of Luke, it, things had passed. Jesus had been crucified. And he had risen. It's the time that all the things that Jesus had spoke to his disciples was about to come true. He 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 showed himself at the burial site. Well, the angel of the angel of the Lord was telling the women who had visited his burial site that they found they found him the, the tomb empty that he wasn't there. But there were two men in clothes gleaming like light, and told the women he's alive. He's risen. Well, now he told them he was going to rise. Also, they walked with Jesus. They watched him heal. They watched him deliver people. What was so difficult to believe when you've been with the man? When they tell, when the women tried to tell the men, they didn't believe, or his disciples, they didn't believe him. They didn't believe him because it just simply sounded like nonsense. You know, in human eyes, he had died. I tell you what, I'd rather believe in the nonsense of God than the truth of man any day. You can't understand the word of God until he gives you understanding. Notice in Luke 24 and 45, he says he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. We can't use our finite thinking in order to understand the word of God or the power of God or the spirit of God. You got to use your spiritual mind, your spirit that lives within you. Man's logic, wisdom and limited understanding will not lead to belief in God. It won't lead to believing in things that seem that things that are impossible can be possible. The word of God can open your eyes, but also open your ears and not just audibly, but intrinsically. Sometimes you have to hear with your spirit because your ears can be deceptive. So, you know, you have to hear with that inner man so that you're able to see and hear beyond human comprehension. You begin to hear with your spirit, which is truly the essence of God, that part that he blew inside of us in the beginning of time. Remember, he said he formed man from the clay and from the dust of the earth. And then they said, the word says that he did this only to, only to man or humankind. He said he breathed the breath of life. So God gave us a part in himself. You can't hear the word of God without the spirit of God. You can hear words, yes, audibly, and you may have great command of the king's English, but until you hear in the language of God, you're left without understanding. That's why Jesus had to send the Holy Spirit, the helper, because he, the helper, the spirit, encourages us when things seem hard to believe. So let's go back to examine why it was hard for the disciples to believe what that they were seeing with their own eyes or heard, but yet they couldn't believe it. At the tomb was defeat. Their savior, their teacher, their Lord was dead. He had succumbed to what all humanity will succumb to, and that's death. They forgot or they did not hear the part that Christ was human also. A deity, the son of God, the one who would defeat death. They heard it with their ears, but inside, in their spirit, they couldn't hear. But their human understanding was limited. That's why they thought it was impossible. You probably heard the saying, seeing is believing, which is said to mean if you see something yourself, you'll believe it 
to exist or to be true despite the fact that it is extremely unusual or unexpected. Well, since the disciples didn't see Jesus with their own eyes, they were not going to believe it. And Jesus knew that, that, so that he knew it. And so that's why he had to appear to them. And still there was doubt. Why was there doubt? Because they had not yet received the translator, the interpreter, the comforter, the Holy Spirit. So there was nothing within them that was going to help them with their unbelief. See, sometimes the reason you can't believe is because the spirit of God is not in you or hasn't been quickened. That's why you can't believe it. In Luke 24, when he said, he, he, showed, he showed them after he said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And he says, while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement. In other words, they were so filled with emotion and surprise that they still couldn't comprehend what they were seeing. Is it at all possible? You can't imagine what they were thinking. Is he really alive? We saw him crucified. When you see Christ working and you're still questioning his work, you got to ask yourself, am I believing in the risen Savior or am I caught up in the hype? Jesus had to remind them that he had told them what they were seeing. He said, that's what I told you when I was still with you. He said, everything, everything must be fulfilled that is written about me and the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. So all those uh, prophecies that you read about in the Old Testament, he was the fulfillment of it. And they had to believe that first if they were going to believe what they were seeing. So he opens their minds. He opens their minds so that they could understand the scripture and understand the triune God is the one who has the power to open them up to believe things that are seemingly impossible. An open-minded person doesn't cling blindly to their beliefs in the face of challenge. Jesus had to remove the worldview from them. He had to take the blinders off their eyes uh, so that they weren't tainted by the world as something that the world had placed over them just being in human form that, oh no, that's not possible. And these were things that when you walk with someone and you spend time with someone and you've had a relationship with someone, you think you'd know when they were telling the truth. You can be open-minded and still not know the truth. Until Jesus reveals it to you, you're just walking around with blinders. If you don't have the Spirit of God, the Bible is nonsense, foolishness to you. It is Christ who illuminates, and the disciples needed Christ to understand the things that they were seeing and the things they were experiencing. That's why it's hard, and I dare say impossible, for a non-believer to believe in Christ. Their minds are already closed to anything related to him, anything related to the Bible or Christianity. I never try to push Jesus off on anyone. We can live as Christ tells us to live, love like he tells us to love, and oftentimes people aren't uh, driven by what we say anyway. What drives people is how you act, what you do, your actions. My belief in Jesus Christ is not based on personal opinion. And if anyone knows me, you can't just tell me anything. Now, I'm not a show me person anymore, but I am that person that I've got to experience it and understand it for myself. And so when I went, remember, I always start the podcast with that uh, scripture from Jeremiah. He said, if you search for me, you will find me. He said, call to me and I'll answer you and show you uh, the great and unsearchable things that you do not know. I took that to be true. And so I had to search for it. And I believe some of you are in that place where, well, I want to believe like that. I just don't right now because of the things I'm going through. 
Don't wait for God to deliver you from something before you come to him. Maybe he has you there because he's trying to teach you something. And in teaching you something, your faith in him will become so solid, no one will be able to ever dissuade you from who Jesus Christ is. My belief in Jesus Christ isn't based on personal opinion. It's based on facts that I've seen and experienced personally. And it is not what you say that necessarily draws people to Christ. It's how you live and what you do. And you ought to live and want to live for Christ and live like Christ. When you encounter Jesus, you will never, ever be the same. It is the best encounter, the best relationship, the best life you could ever live or have. You want to know why people think things are too good to be true? It's because they don't believe that they could be granted good, such good fortune. And that's true if you look at it with human understanding. I mean... How can God, who looked at your raggedy, I'll use a personal, my raggedy life, your raggedy life, the sins we've committed, that I've committed, and deem us still worthy of saving? It's called grace, and it's called mercy. God's unconditional love and favor. There are some things I wish I could have a redo. You probably are feeling the same way. But without the Spirit of God, my behavior would not change. In fact, if I had never sinned, I wouldn't understand the love, grace, and mercy of God, and others would not feel they could ever experience salvation. God has said some things to me that seem unfathomable or incapable of being fully understood, but I've been walking with him too long and seen some amazing things to doubt his power, his will, or the favor he has given me for my life. So what about you? Let's get personal. What has Jesus said to you that sounds awfully <laughs> too good to be true? Are you giving him excuses of why you can't do something when he has already told you what he's doing, when he's already told you to move forward? Or are you like the Israelites when God told them to go in and possess the land? Or maybe you're like the disciples who had to see it to believe it and still have doubts. Do you think it's supposed to be easy? There's nothing in the Bible that tells me Life was going to be easy because I gave my life to him. Some of the things that God has for you, you're going to have to fight for it. Age is no limit. In fact, I love that song by, I believe it's Courtney. Oh, I can't remember the name off the top of my head. He said, that, but the song is, it's worth, Brian Courtney, I believe it is. He said, it's worth fighting for. It's worth fighting for Christ. All the things that he's purposed, that he desires for us, it's worth fighting for. Some of the things God has for us, we're going to have to fight for it. Age is no limitation for God. A lowly status is not an inhibitor to God. Social class, financial position, a lack of education. None of these things are limitations to God. So stop putting limits on yourself. Inside of you lies the power to accomplish God's plan that he has patterned out for you. A journey, a road that he's carved out. You mustn't be afraid. He already knows what the outcome is. And if he's assigned it to you, then you need not worry how things are going to turn out. Because guess what? I got a feeling everything's going to be all right. It was too good to be true when God took someone out of impossible circumstances, out of a home filled with alcoholism and sickness, in a community with people with no hope and speak into their life and tell them it's going to be okay. And then place people in their life that would mentor them, that could help them see the impossible and who believed in the possible that was too good to be true. Yet, because of the spirit of God living in them, they believed that he could break the chain of poverty and move them to a place to be a spokesperson for the kingdom of God. 
Yes, that's me. Yes, God's spoken to my life. It took a minute. <laughs> I had the Jordan River crossings, the period of unbelief, the times I fleeced. But, <laughs> see, here's my but. When I knew, when I understand who it was, who he was, who he is, that is when I believed. I believed him then and I believe him today. When I look back and see what he has done, I can't but, I know that's a double negative, but I got to say it again. I can't but believe in the faithfulness of God. Even with the hiccups and the many missteps, God has been good to me. He has been faithful to me. I'm so glad that he lives inside of me and that he talks to me, that he's leading me into the paths of righteousness. Yes, sometimes I miss him, but I tell you what, my God is so filled with grace and mercy, he gets me right back on track. So what about you? What has God spoken to your life that you think is impossible? What are you standing on? Is your foundation firm or are you, are you standing on a solid rock? Or is your walk wobbling and shaky? What is too good to be true that he told you? You can't see it, but in your spirit, you know it was him speaking. Are you wavering in unbelief? What do you need to hear in order for you to step out into the promise of land of promise or the promised land? If God has said it, why don't you believe it? Maybe it's something concerning your children or your finances. Maybe it's your job or your health or your future. What do you see? is what what you, what you see is what what do you see is what you see what you get or is it too good to be true what do you see is what you see what you get or is it too good to be true if you don't have a confident faith in Christ then yes it is too good to be true i hope you understand from this message if god said it believe it and then that settles it stand on his word and believe that there is nothing impossible nothing Remember, he talks about having the faith of a mustard seed. I mean, if that's all the faith it takes, that shouldn't take much. Nothing he's promised is too good to be true. And don't forget, it's all about Christ. It's all about ushering people, those, the unsaved, into his kingdom. It's all about telling of the salvation of Jesus. Yes, you may receive some of the benefit, but all of it, it's for him. It's for his will. For his purpose. If God's promised it and he said it to you, just say yes. Well, <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm going to believe everything that God spoke because even though it's too good to be true, he has the power and is the ultimate power that can make all of the impossible seem possible. Until next time, brothers and sisters, God bless you. Be sure to see the sunrise to see Christ in your everyday situations.